Hey there, everyone. I'm Hunter Myers, the host of the Brand Bite podcast and the founding creative director at Verger Design Co. I am super duper excited to be welcoming Elise Enriquez to the show today. So Elise is a productivity coach who helps women regain control of their time. So Elise, please tell us about how you got into this, who you are, what your journey has been like, all the things. Oh my gosh, complete accident. <laughs> that I that I did this part, this this particular focus. Um, so like the long and short of it, like my life journey to date is, you know, degree in communications um, that I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll just do communications, right? As my degree. Uh, eventually was in corporate America at Microsoft doing uh, sales operations stuff for the online advertising division back when online advertising was just banner, banners and buttons. And that was it. Like, that's all you could do. Uh, it, it was so, uh, it's, it's so cute and quaint to think about <laughs> what, what it was like when I was there, but when I was there, it was very startup feelings. It was like the wild west. We were just like, like building the plane as we flew it. And so it was very entrepreneurial. And that was the shift that I eventually made was like, I, I don't want to be in corporate America. I don't, I just didn't want to do that. And so went into real estate and through real estate was exposed to the concept of coaching, uh, and I probably deep down have kind of like a therapist counselor kind of heart. And so, <laughs> um, but I have a bent towards action and efficiency and all that kind of stuff. And so coaching made more sense for me and eventually went in and got trained as a life coach about 14 years ago. So I've been on this coaching journey for 14 years and was a life coach and then coached on for entrepreneurs only kind of in a broad sense. And then now really focused in the past seven years specifically on coaching productivity for women in charge is how I look at it. You're in charge of a business, you're in charge of a team, you're probably in charge at home as well, uh, whether that's official or not, or just expected of you, right? That there's just a lot that you're juggling and you're trying to figure out how to get it all done in a way that you can still enjoy your life. So as a productivity coach, what exactly do you do? Like, what do you really help these people with? Cause I know you said you kind of have a different take on productivity. Well, yeah. So I think a lot of people, like when I say, what do you think of <laughs> one of the first things I do, I, when I uh, launch a new, when I bring a new like cohort of students in. So basically I have a community called the gist community. And can I use four letter words here? I forgot to ask you that I can, yeah. I can. Okay. I'm like, I can, I can modify it if I need to, but my program is called, or my, my group community is called the gist community and it's get your shit together. So it was something that kind of just came out of my brain one day for a completely different reason. And it just kind of stuck and people resonated with it. They were just like, yeah, that's how it feels. Like, I just want to get my shit together, you know? And so over time I developed this community and, and part of that is helping them think about productivity differently. And when I ask them what comes to mind, when you think about productivity, it's like, you know, getting things done and checking things off of lists and, you know, super, super efficient. And I realized that was kind of like an old way to think about productivity. It's kind of like, like the old white guys and white collars on the covers of books, right. You know, and on stages. And I feel like there's a lot of those people in that space of productivity that are the old white guys that had wives to take care of things at home and had assistants and all these other things. They weren't necessarily small business owners and they weren't necessarily, you know, raising families or not even raising families, but just like living, living life, you know, especially as a woman. Right. And so I thought, well, what if we looked at it differently and realized that productivity, we get to decide what qualifies. And so that means that productivity is making progress on what matters most to you, right? While still remaining present to the people, experiences, and opportunities that are all around you. Because as someone who coaches business owners and entrepreneurs in that whole space, 
I saw people that were striving like crazy and missing the, all the cool stuff that they were creating in the moment. And I am definitely a future oriented person. And, you know, I want to enjoy the life I currently have, not just hope for a different life than I'm, I'm living. Right. So it's like, how can you love the life you're living while still making progress and moving forward? And what did, what did that look like in your own entrepreneurial journey? Cause you've been cool. at this for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, part of it was, uh, just like claiming my business as my own, like really saying like, this is mine. Like, this is my thing. I get to decide what this looks like. I get to decide how to do this. Yes. And sometimes like, I feel like we're always in different cycles of learning something new and trying something different or an algorithm changes, like whatever it might be, will will create kind of a newness for us, you know, from time to time. And so you might try different stuff, but in the long run, you get to decide what this is going to look like. You get to decide what hours you work. And it's a matter of really setting up the systems to support that. So one of the first things that that looked like was developing a week that I would love, right? What would be a week that I would love in terms of, uh, of my work? What would that look like? And then how do I set up systems to support that? Like to, to create the boundaries for that, to reinforce that, to make that as easy as possible, because there's plenty of hard work to do. I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm not against hard work. I'm all for hard work and we can do things that create a lot of ease, right? There's, there's still ways to create ease and flow to things. So it's figuring out that balance between those two. I love that you brought up this idea of fun, you know, and, and yeah. the best, the best kind of week that you can have in a fun, a fun time. Cause I feel like as entrepreneurs, it's really easy, especially when you're in that grind to forget about why you started this, to forget that this yeah. is yours, that you get to craft everything. So what were some of those things that you add in your week, those boundaries that you created for yourself, the, the best week that you could build? Yeah. Well, like just the very beginning was just a scheduling system, just having like, and that sounds so simple and everybody has them now, but like at the beginning, like 14 years ago, like people weren't using online schedulers. Right. And even now when I watch new service providers start their businesses, that's one of the, you know, they, they do that later than they really should, because there's so much back and forth in just scheduling an appointment where if you just have a calendar, you're in control then, right? But it, it creates these boundaries for you. You can always make exceptions, but when you have an online scheduler, that in and of itself is a boundary because you're saying, here are the hours I am available and you have control over that. So especially for those people pleasers out there, that is just a great initial like boundary <laughs> to, to put in place. And beyond that, I have theme days for me. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is primarily when I'm running the majority of my programs and working with any one-on-one -on -one clients or teams. So that's a majority of my appointment times with people. Um, like I said, whether it's my just productivity group, our community, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one client that's joining the community or whether it's a team that I'm bringing through the just program, they're usually happening on those days. Mondays are my podcast days. That's when I'm writing, recording, creating social media posts, et cetera, for my podcast and any other kind of general marketing um, Tuesdays when I'm not in sessions with clients is when I'm focused on, on the GIST community in terms of like the administration of it, generating new ideas, working on, you know, content for upcoming trainings. Wednesdays is the follow-up marketing day for another, other little general marketing stuff, but not deep work. Thursdays is one-on-one -on -one in groups. So that's when I'm doing again, kind of the administrative, the follow-up, the scheduling for, for that kind of stuff. And then Fridays are open. So I have something most Fridays in the morning with my community for one hour and that's it. And the rest of Friday is mine. 
Um, and that might mean that my personal life admin time, or it might mean, you know, training for myself. It can be whatever I want it to be, but and it, I don't always stick to it, right? Like I get to decide that things can change, but generally speaking, that's how I have it set up. That's how my scheduler is set up so that people can't get me on Mondays and Fridays unless they have, unless they come to me directly and ask for that. And then I, then I get to make a choice, but by default, those are not available. So just setting up things like that to say like, what do you want this to look like? You, you get to decide and you get to try it. You'd like put it in place, try it for a month and see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, try something different. It's, it's not a big deal. Yes. I, I really, really like that you bring up the try because I think yeah. a lot of people feel like, especially when they're starting out, like once I make this decision, I now have to stick with it. So maybe I need to do all this research ahead of time before I make the decision and no, like entrepreneurship is all about pivot. Yes. It is learning. It is figuring something out, testing, trying. I tell people it's like a giant science experiment. We're just testing yes. hypotheses left and right, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. <laughs> totally. We like, that is exactly the language I use. Like run an experiment. What, especially when I'm bringing teams through just because I, I feel like when you're bringing an intact team through, there's a little bit of like hesitation because your boss is there and your coworkers and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I'll bring small teams through. So they're usually a business owner with a team of 10 or less, or it might be a team within a larger organization, but still like 10 or less. But, you know, they're like, everybody's a little subconscious and stuff like that or self-conscious. And so it's like, we're just running experiments, guys, right? So it automatically opens the door to trying and having something not work, Right. And so the way we wrap up every session is like, what experiment are you going to run this week? Right. What experiment, what do you think, what experiment are you going to run? What's your hypothesis about it? What do you think is going to happen? And then we'll check in next week to see how it went. We'll make adjustments and move forward. That's it. Like if, it just lightens it up a lot. And that is what can make it more fun. It's like, oh, whoops, that didn't work. Okay. We're going to try this instead. No big deal. No big deal. Exactly. And the other thing too, that I, I really want you to touch on because you, you bring up like, yes, we talk about the experimenting. We talk about essentially the failures, right? Like that's what most people are afraid of is this thing yeah. flopping and not working out. Um, and something that I really would love for you to talk about if you're open to it, or what are some of those things that you tried that didn't work out? Like I said, you, you've been here for 14 years yeah. doing this. I'm sure there are a <laughs> lot of things that didn't work out. What are some of those? Well, there, I mean, it's something like, it could be like a webinar where like, oh my God, this is going to be this amazing topic. Everybody's going to want to hear about this. And there's a part that I come from where it's just like, yeah, like something like a webinar in this, like the services space can be a way to, you know, get clients. But also for me, it's just like a genuine want to share, you know, and, and help people. I, I feel like whether they sign up for something or not, I want that to have been a valuable use of their time. Right. And so just those types of things where it's like, you think you got it. You think you figured out how to talk about this thing to get people to come. And they just, they don't, it's like crickets or it's all the people that are already your clients that show up to just get more of you, which should feel good, but it feels shitty because you wanted new people, right? You know, like all this, like, there's all of those kinds of things. Um, even, even having like containers for my work. So in the coaching world, we talk a lot about like the like containers for your coaching, and thinking like, oh, is it going to be a year long one-on-one -on -one engagement? And how would that feel? Or is it going to be, you know, you can buy a, a package and how does that feel? And so it's just trying all those different things where I, like one of my failures was saying yes to a client. I should have said, shouldn't have said yes to, I took on a client who was, um, a rabbi, he like a much older man, a rabbi that wanted to write a book and has these, all these kids and blah, blah, blah. And it just like, was not my ideal client. This was 
early, early on. Um, so it was helpful for me to realize like, it's, I don't, I'm not the coach for everybody. It's okay for me to say no <laughs> to people, even when they really, when they picked me, right? Like it can be very ego flattering and ego soothing to be like, but they picked me. So I'll say yes, but it's just like, oh, that's not always, that's, that shouldn't be the criteria is that they ask me. That's not, that's not the criteria. It's helpful, but it's not, <laughs> it's not the sole criteria for working with somebody. So it's just like, it's little mistakes, like every day, little failures all the time. And sometimes bigger, more like kind of painful ones, like nobody showing up for a webinar (laughs) or no new people showing up for a webinar. Right. Well, I think it's really important to emphasize the saying no. I think that this is something that I know that I have struggled with earlier on. So I've been doing this for three years now and taking on clients who like in my gut, I knew was not the right choice, but in my head, I was like, better take them. I mean, can't say no to these people. And so I love that you've also experienced this. Was there any process that you took yourself through to be able to work up to the no, or was it just like, (laughs) I just got to say no today? (laughs) Um, No, really what what it is, is I, so I had that particular client, which was not so painful because it wasn't a long engagement. I was only doing like a three or six session package at the time. The one where hurt the most, and this is going to sound really weird possibly to some people, but I had just really shifted and created a a container, a coaching container around, you know, being able to do a year long engagement with somebody. And it was a lot of engagement, a lot of sessions. There was a retreat involved. Like it was a lot of stuff. And when they reached out to me, I was like, oh, I don't think this is right because, and this is not nothing against multi-level marketing but she, she was interested in multi-level marketing, which is something that I just don't participate in. Like, I don't know enough about. And, um, and that was kind of like her goal that she was focused on. And I just kept feeling like, I don't think I'm the right fit, but she was like, you know, you are. And I, like, I kind of was kind of saying no. Um, and so I said, okay, and we're talking a year long engagement. So that's a lot of cash that she gave me right late, laid out. And she stuck with it for a while and faded away. Right. And it wasn't that it was multi-level marketing. I realized it was that like, I could see it in her that she wasn't ready. Like she wasn't ready to really dig in and do this work. She thought if she paid enough money, she would do the work. And that's just simply not true. And so I just felt bad about it forever. Cause I just, I would reach out to her. I like, I kept offering to help her and I was ghosted. And I'm just like, and I just wanted to be like, dude, that was a lot of money. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Like, I'm here, like, I will help you. And so I didn't listen to my gut on that. And so it was having something that was that big where it, that didn't cost me anything. Right. And monetarily what it cost me was just like feeling bad. And, and that feeling bad, what I tell people is like, that's why it's really important to make sure that you are saying yes to the right people, because when you don't, they think coaching doesn't work and that's not true. And so, and it's the same thing like with marketing, right? If they, if we pick the wrong people, like they're going to think that marketing doesn't work and that's not true, but it's like, if they're not fully, if they're not going to fully engage in the process, it won't work. Right. So it's true that sometimes things won't work, but it's our job as the business owners to do our best to make sure that they're truly the ideal. And you can't always control that. But in that particular case for such a, a large ticket package, I really wish I would have done better on, on saying, no, I really don't think you're ready for this. Cause I felt bad saying that, you know? Right. Well, I feel like there's 
like an ethical question there as mm -hmm. well. And I feel like as business owners in particular, especially service providers, like it's really important that we think about not just our perspective, but their perspective and how saying no to someone could actually be better serving them yes. than us saying yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, I, and I, I'm, um, I'm reading, uh, chill and prosper by Denise Duffield Thomas. And what I, what I like about her, and I think, I think it's, this isn't necessarily like, I'm not saying, Oh, go read that book. But I'm just like, what I, what I like about it. I mean, go read the book if you want to, but, um, is that she has a lot of scripts in there. And if you don't have a way at the ready to say some of these things, just go find the script and adapt it for yourself, because that is the best thing to have. And it sounds weird and it sounds like it can be canned, but it, it gives you a starting point to be able to say the harder things and you'll find your way to say them your way. And you're going to fumble through it the first time, but having those kind of different scripts or different things, I, I kind of forgot that that's helpful. And that at each level of your business, you might need different scripts for different things, like saying no to a big ticket client, right? Like saying, um, no, and let me refer you to somebody else. And like, whatever that might be, or like saying, Hey, you didn't submit your payment this month. Like whatever those things are, it's like having those ways to just easily, simply do that and not have it weigh so much on, on our psyches, like can be very helpful in having those harder conversations. Absolutely. And I feel like it's kind of like the personal policy concept yeah. as well, where like, if you have these set boundaries that you have decided, people tend to be a lot more uh, receptive and respectful of quote policies. So mm -hmm. if you just say like, this is this, I'm sorry, this is my personal policy. Um, I only do X, Y, and Z. That's another yeah. great way to start to make it feel more legit for yourself. Cause again, it's, it can be hard. It can be really hard sometimes. And have that shit written down, have it typed up already. Have it like I, so part of like in the gist program, I talk about having this bonus brain and the bonus brain is it basically it holds everything you need to run your life and your business. Right. And so it's like, it's your to-do list. It's your calendar, right? It's these gathering spots that are intentional. And then one of the things that was storage and reference, and that reference is, is that stuff that you just need at your fingertips at any moment. That's going to help you, whether it's a link to a zoom, right. For the podcast, right. If for some reason I didn't get the email and whatever you could, you would have it at the ready and you could send it to me. Right. So like my Evernote is like my kind of reference point where it's like anything is there, including email scripts. I will personalize it. I will customize it to the situation, but it gives me my starting point. It's typed up. It's already there. It's at the ready. And that sounds so simple and so cheesy, but it's like the best thing you can do when you are delivering these same messages over and over again. Exactly. Oh, exactly. So one thing I know that we talked a little bit about some of the failures. I always love to ask to, you know, if you could go back and tell yourself, you know, in, in those earlier years when you were really first starting out, maybe where you didn't quite know where you were headed or anything like that. If you could go back and tell like your younger self something, what would you tell her? Ooh, <laughs> it would probably be like, let your freak flag fly. <laughs> That's hard to say. Let your freak flag <laughs> fly. Um, or a dork flag, however you want to say it. Cause I'm like, I, I'm just like a dork for productivity and process and systems I have, like I said, the heart of a therapist or a counselor, right? And so I thought it had to be coaching. I thought it had to be life coaching. And I thought that meant I had to do like career coaching or mindset. So I know all of that stuff and I bring that into my practice. But what I didn't realize I was constantly doing for clients was like helping them also with just the logistics and the, the next steps. And like, here's the plan that, that I just thought that's what everybody was doing as a coach. I didn't know that 
that was unique to me. And then to then be able to like develop and build systems for people that anybody could use kind of thing. And the processes in which, like by which you're going to engage with those things to keep yourself sane. Like I didn't realize that all of that was me, you know, I mean, obviously influenced by a lot of things. And I learned a lot of things, but when I look back at my youth, I organized our medicine cabinet when I was like nine years old. Like I figured out based on when mom would send, like if we lived on a farm and I would have allergies and she'd say, go get the Sudafed or go get the Actifed, like back when that wasn't locked behind stuff, right? But uh, behind <laughs> locked cabinets and stuff, there's like, go get this. Or if you got Advil, go get the Tylenol, go get whatever it might be. I figured out, okay, this is allergy. This is like cold. <laughs> this is pain and fever. And I got like a legal pad and I wrote little like in like labels and got scotch tape and put it on the shelf of the medicine cabinet and then put everything in that category there. And my mom sold the house probably six years ago, the farmhouse six years ago. And they were still there. Those little labels were still there. Like I've always been this way. And it was something that I kept kind of sometimes consciously hidden and other times unconsciously it was just happening, but didn't know that it was helpful until now. And now that's all I do, right? Like, like I said, mindset, my life coach training, all that comes into what I do now, but the majority of what I'm doing is saying, how do we create systems that support you? What's the next thing you're going to do to make progress? You know, what can we celebrate right now? Right. It's like, that's, that's what we're always doing. So it's like, like whatever it is you think is your freak flag, that is like the thing you need to be waving sooner rather than later. It took me seven years. It took me half my career to finally be the coach I was going to be seven years. (laughs) It was a long time. Yeah. Well, I think what's so important there too, is kind of that people call it like, right. The secret sauce, Mm -hmm. you know, or like whatever, whatever makes you unique. And I think it's really easy especially starting out. Right. Cause most of us were just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Just trying to, 100%. Right, we're, we're listening to all kinds of different gurus and experts of what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And so a question I have for you is, you know, when did you realize, or how did you realize, or what was your like key that, Oh, this is it. This is me. This is how I'm showing up. Cause I think sometimes it's, it's hard to notice it, you know, when we're bombarded yeah. with all the other messages. Well, it was absolute personal crisis, like midlife crisis kind of situation. I was, um, of course about to turn 40 and, uh, I was, um, in, a, a marriage that was quite unhappy. It turns out and lonely and in going through the divorce was when I developed gist when I was like, I got to get my shit together. Like I'm not going to be able to keep my business going and figure this whole thing out, this whole divorce, which ended up being quite amicable, but just emotionally, it's hard thing to do. Right. Um, I'm like, how do I keep all of this together and keep going? Because now it's all on me. Right. So all of a sudden it was just kind of like, and so it was like system after system after system was like kind of flowing out of me. Um, and after that, like, as actually, as I was navigating the divorce, I was separated going through the divorce. I meet somebody she is just like saying all these, like, she's just, she was just kind of recognizing my gifts and acknowledging them. And nobody had done that before like that. Like I'd always almost kind of been teased for my kind of systems orientation or like my ability to organize and structure things. And, and she was like, wow, 
how do you do that? Wow. And I was just like, wait, these are good things. Right. So it took having like my own crisis and falling back on that secret sauce, not knowing it was secret sauce, thinking it was stuff that made me like uptight or something like that. Like I thought, and she's like, you're the like least uptight person I know. I'm like, are we sure about that? Right. You know, it's like, it was just all these beliefs that I was putting on myself. So it was making this major transition in my life and having somebody else kind of see and show me like how cool I am. Right. And, um, and that helped me see like what I, what I've said, what I've learned is it's important to be with people who love you for the reasons you love yourself. And I, I love these things about me, but I was, I still hid them. And so now I just don't hide them anymore. So in my case, it really was kind of this personal crisis of like trying to figure out like, how am I going to keep all this together and realizing like, I got this, like, oh, if I'm going to turn my, turn my life upside down and shake it out, <laughs> how am I going to, how am I going to still keep going? Right. And restructure it and set it up for what I want it to be. And it just kind of felt like a wiping the slate clean, getting it set up, le leaning on stuff I'd already created, but just enhancing it and let it really just support me. Like really letting what I thought was my freak flag, right? Like letting that really hold me and support me. And that's how I look at the systems I develop for people and with them, really, I develop with them is that they should support you, not restrain you. They should just remind you of what you said you wanted, not tell you what you should be doing each day, right? Like this is what, what's in your to-do list. It's just what you said you wanted today. You still get to decide if you do it or not, right? But this is what past you said you wanted today you to be focused on. Other stuff's going to happen. Other stuff's going to come in. You get to decide, but it took, it took that complete turn upside down of my life to just finally embrace it all. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like that tends to be common. I've spoken to a number of entrepreneurs now, and it really is some type of like rattle and not usually rattle inside the business. It's usually a mm -hmm. rattle outside of the business <laughs> yeah. that yeah. kind of brings that clarity of, oh, wow. Like something has to change here in the business yeah. as well. Well, and I, I think that's why, you know, if you're working with a coach or a therapist, like what, like work with somebody, work with somebody, please, please, please. Um, as a business owner, as a human being work with somebody. Um, but also, especially if it's a coach though, and you've hired them as a business coach, if they're doing something tactical for you, that's one thing, right? If it's, if it's really more like they're a consultant, not a coach, that's one thing. But if they're like really a coach, you want them to be able to handle the life stuff that's going to come in, not because they're going to help you necessarily address that or fix that, but they're not going to be like, Oh, I'm afraid. Like, I don't touch that. Cause as entrepreneurs, especially as solopreneurs, small business owners, whatever that kind of grouping might be, what happens in our life affects our, our business and vice versa. And so it's important to be able to have people that you can count on and that you can work with that aren't going to be afraid of either side. Like I, I had a client that, um, he's loads smarter than me when it comes to business. And, and he was talking about wanting to create a different pay structure and wanted to meet with me and the CFO. And I was all stressed out. Cause I'm like, I don't know about their pay structure. I don't know what to do here. And I was like, and I was like, what am I worried about? Like, he doesn't need me to decide this. He needs to talk it out and we'll figure it out. And then in a separate session, he'll talk to me about something else that's more personal that's affecting his ability to run his business. And that's okay. Right? Like it's being able to have both of those, have that support because all of it affects everything. It all affects everything. 
exactly like we there's no way to like truly compartmentalize it like we're human beings god no right like everything bleeds into everything else it's just the way that it goes well and and would you want to like today i'm i'm meeting you and i'm wearing jeans but like i'm wearing a cute enough blouse you know to kind of be like semi-professional right but like i used to dress up so much more even for zooms and then i was just like that's not how i want to be i'm way casual and relaxed i do like you know doing my hair and makeup or whatever but like that's kind of it. That's all I want to worry about. Like I want that in my business. And again, I get to decide that, right. I get to decide what doing business looks like. And if you want somebody that's going to wear a button up shirt and a blazer, I am not the one for you. Right. And like, that's just, that's just all there is to it. And that's okay. So the more I showed up as myself in my business, like one of the things I do, I am not a DJ by any means. But one of the things I do in the community is on Fridays, two Fridays a month, we do co-working sessions. And those co-working sessions, we state, you know, what do we, what felt like progress this week or what are we celebrating this week? We do a five-minute focus on um, an area of their bonus brain to make sure things are looking good there. And then the rest of the time is their time to get everything known again and decided. So we're not, we're planning our work. We're not doing our work. We're planning our work. So Friday mornings are spent doing that. While they're doing that, I'm running a, a playlist off of Spotify for everybody. Right. And I pick a theme, but they can, they could submit whatever they want. So I'm kind of like pseudo DJing or song requesting, you know, the whole time because I love music and I like having music on. And so that's what I've created. I'd like, I could have worried about that and be like, Oh, what if people don't like music one, they love it. And that's who I've attracted because I do that when I, even I do free stuff. I'm like, okay, work on this for the next song for the duration of this next song. I want you to answer this question for yourself and then share it with us. Right. Like doing whatever we want, letting our true selves come through into our business. Like don't compartmentalize, like especially if you're a service provider, bring it yourself in. It's different when you have like a, you know, an actual physical product, right. But when you're the service provider and it's your personality that they're going to need to engage with, have it be real because otherwise it's not sustainable. You cannot keep it up when you have to put on this facade like every day. There's a degree of boundaries you need to have, right? To take care of yourself, but be as much you as you possibly can. And it will be a lot easier. Exactly. And like you said, you'll wind up attracting the people that work best with you when you're showing Mm -hmm. up with a mask on. Like I think about when I first started out, right? Like I was like, Ooh, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to work with luxury brands. Like that's where the money's at. That's the way that it goes. And then I said, I was like, bitch, you've never bought anything luxury. Like who, who do you shop at the thrift store? Who do you think you are? (laughs) I love that. I love that. It's real, right? It is. People do pick up on it. They, like subconsciously they're like, they're, po- this person's posing right now, you know? And it's like, and I was myself in a lot of ways, but it just, I was just so much more stiff and just like scared probably. Right. When if I could just be myself, then it's like, people like me or they don't. And that's okay. Like the, the best thing you can get is a no. Cause then you don't have to worry about that anymore. Like that connection, that possibility, like, okay, great. Then my focus can go over here. I'm like, get, get to a yes or no as quick as possible by being yourself as much as possible. Like don't, yeah, don't fuck around. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I, I really, really love it. I have another question for you. And this is usually the last question that I ask everybody. Yeah. Um, Cause I think it's really important. You know, if you could, again, you've been in this for a while, if you could change one thing about the entrepreneurial space, what would you change? I it's what gives me hope 
is that you are already using this language so that that so when you I had already I'd already written it down I was already thinking about what I wanted to say I'd already written it down um and then you said it and I was I did the, I did my little like eyes to eyes with you and it was about failing and experimenting like create more of an atmosphere I wish I wish there was more of an atmosphere of experimentation and really using that language. You're using that language. One of the coaches I work with uses that language. I've always used that language. So I do think that there is a shift happening. Not, the, you know, that maybe, maybe the three of us are changing the world. You, you, me and my coach, Michelle, we're changing the world, but it's, I just really think that that's important is that we think about things a little more loosely and with a little more curiosity and less certainty. I think certainty is always the thing. Uh, that that gets in our way of all sorts of stuff, not just business, but relationships and relating. And I think certainty is what's our problem right now in the world of just how divided we are and all that kind of, or how divided we you know might appear to be, might not be as divided as we think we are. But anyway, um, but that that kind of certainty and isn't always good for us. It's like how about curiosity and saying I'm going to run this experiment. I'm it's it's not about getting this experiment right it's not about being right it's uncovering truth and that was something i had learned in my coach training 14 years ago is that as a coach your goal is not to be right your goal is to uncover truth and i feel like that's what we can do as business owners too is to not be right about what we're doing but to uncover truth so that we can make decisions based on that information because that's the biggest thing for me is like you get to decide these things but you need the information to make the best choices for you then the certainty can come or the confidence can come perhaps right and moving forward without it having to be this certainty that feels a little more locked down. Exactly. And it gives, it gives that room for the growth, you know, yeah. it gives the room for the mess ups without that meaning you shouldn't be running a business. Cause I think that's yes. the big thing, especially, I mean, oh my goodness, you know, we see online all the time, like follow this exact path and you will get this exact result. And then when it doesn't happen that way, yeah. it's like, well, shoot, why am I even doing this? And so I yeah. love, I love the idea of do the experiment yourself. Like don't, don't pay so much attention to being right. Like you had said, just pay attention to being curious. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. I absolutely well, and like it. I said, you get, you give me hope because you're saying it too. So there's like, there's, I think more of us using that language. And, uh, and so I just, yeah, I hope it catches on. I hope it catches on even more in this, in our entrepreneurial space. You and me both. So Elise, <laughs> how can people get in contact with you? Because I know that you've got a gift to share. Yeah. So I am at the productivity shift on Instagram. So at the productivity shift, that's where I hang out the most. And, uh, I've started doing this new thing where I am running a free workshop every single month and it's called what's your problem. So it is. And what I love about this is that it's not a webinar. It is an actual workshop where you are going to come. And like I said, I'm going to play music and for the next song, you're going to work on this thing. And then you're going to get your insight and decide what your next action is, right? So it is really like a hands-on, it's in a Zoom space. We will be like this engaged and live and talking. You can ask me questions, but it's just a way for you to look at what is getting in the way of what you really wanna be doing. And so what is this? what is the next step to take your time back for that? And it's just my favorite thing to do is to help people like take, take their time back for what they really want. I so love it. Um, sorry, that's aliceenriquez.com forward slash problem. 
Awesome. And everyone, I'll make sure that that is in the show notes so that you can easily access all of that. Elise, again, thank you so much for having this conversation with me, for sharing your journey, for sharing the things that you want to change. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. I did too. Thanks very much for spending this time with me.